Hi there, Lindsay here, the Frugal Crafter, and today we're going to talk about organizing your craft space or art studio. It's spring and we love to dust the cobwebs off and make sure our spaces are neat and tidy and that goes for the craft room too. How is your space looking? You may have a corner in your bedroom, you may have a basement, you may have a garage to craft in, or you may have a spare bedroom or even a rented art studio. Whatever your space, you can definitely make it more efficient by doing a little bit of tidying each year. Now, if you've never taken upon the uh, task of organizing your studio, it may be a little overwhelming, but um, divide and conquer. I have a video from about four years ago when I applied the KonMari method to my studio, and it really helped me cut down on the clutter. I was a bit of a hoarder. I definitely saw the potential in a lot of things, and I saved so many recyclables. I saved so many leftover project pieces. Uh, if somebody was getting rid of stuff, I gladly accepted it. And I think a lot of this came from being an art teacher. So I would always take in leftover scraps and things like that in order to make more opportunities and more projects in my classes for kids. Uh, but now I, but then I realized that I hadn't done that for many years and I was ready to let go of a bunch of things. So when you, use the KonMari method, the uh, the way you do it is you gather things by type. So you might get all of your acrylic paints out in a big pile. And then what you'd want to do would be go through that and see what's trash. So if you have any bottles of paint that had, say, chunky bits in there, you know they're not useful, you could easily get rid of them because you know you're not throwing away something good. Then you could look through and say, okay, I've got paint from over a few years. When I first started, I didn't buy the best quality. Am I really going to use those bottles? of paint, they'd be perfectly fine for um, the local elementary school to paint their sets for their plays or for craft projects, but I'm usually using the more artist quality stuff. So you got to kind of get real with yourself, see what you're actually going to use, and then you can pass on the stuff that you're probably not going to use before it goes bad, if at all. So that was another really easy way for me to pare down stuff, just getting everything in a big pile, because when you confront a large pile of, say, colored pencils or uh, acrylic paints or watercolors, you're going to see that you've got your top tier stuff that you always reach for, and you're going to see stuff that you bought that maybe was a mistake. It didn't end up being as good as you expected. Or maybe you outgrew it. Your skills grew beyond those beginner supplies. I know sometimes we feel a little bad that we spent money on something that we're not using, but hey, you've made that mistake. You don't need to keep paying for that mistake by feeling bad every time you see it. It's time to let those supplies go somewhere where they can be appreciated and used. I have a friend that has a daycare and every year when I do my spring cleaning, I send her a text and I say, look, I've got this, this, and this. Can you use this in your, your programs? And she usually can. And especially this year where we've been in a hybrid learning situation due to the coronavirus. Uh, she's been running all day programs where she just did before and after care before. And having those extra supplies is such a blessing. It gives the kids something extra to do. It gives them um, the ability to use these products in their, their homework assignments so their parents don't have to go buy new things. And it's a good feeling to know that you are clearing up space in your home and you are also blessing others with the things that is your excess that you couldn't even use it if you wanted to. You have to kind of see how much time do you have to spend on your projects and what your time is valuable and the products that you're going to use. You want to keep those and let go of the rest. 
I do find the KonMari method of gathering all like items together is really helpful for this because it lets you see how much you really have. Whereas if you have a palette tucked here and a palette tucked there and a set of this tucked here and a set of this tucked there, you might not realize how much you actually have of a specific product. So it just kind of, um, it just kind of puts things into perspective. Now, as you're going through your stuff, you may see that you have a lot of things new in packages. And look at that packaging. A lot of times that packaging takes up a lot more space that, um, that if you just took the products out of the packaging, you could save. Or you might see that packaging and say, wow, I bought this four years ago and it's kind of out of style. Like say it's a card making or scrapbooking embellishment I, or my style has changed. I really don't like that anymore. Well, you can keep it right in that packaging and you can donate it. Someone will find a use for it. I know how excited I was when I was younger and getting into art, arts and crafts and I would go to Goodwill and I would see some brand new supplies like brand new rubber stamps or even used rubber stamps. I'd be so excited to find a box of products like that and Envision that. Envision the, the you know, the 20-year-old that's going to walk into Goodwill, has just gotten into art, and she sees this set of watercolors or colored pencils or whatever it is. Think about how excited that person is, and it will help you part with those things that you know you're not going to use. Now, I don't want to urge you to get rid of things that you might use. Um, I don't want you to get rid of something and then go rebuy it next week because you regret it. So if, if you're not sure, there's no harm in keeping it if you have the space for it. I read a book called Goodbye Things a few years ago when I was doing my KonMari uh, declutter. And the author made this really good point. He said, your things are like roommates who never pay rent. And that really, uh, that really stuck with me, obviously. I still remember it. Um, but he was like talking about like a, a chest of drawers or something that would that, they, that he didn't like, but he had it because he didn't want to waste it, but it wasn't really useful. Nothing really fit in it. And um, then he realized it would be more valuable for him to have that space. I think he figured out what he paid per square foot in his Brooklyn apartment and then realized, wow, I'm paying like $40 a month to keep this thing or I could just let it go and enjoy the space. So if you're getting hung up on getting rid of something because of how much you spent on it, Something like that might be the mental trick you need to be able to let it go. And I'm just saying letting go of things that you're really not going to use, not just getting rid of things for the sake of getting rid of things. Sometimes it just needs to be reorganized. So that's another great reason to pull all your like items together. I see a lot of people make the mistake of wanting to get organized. So they go to the store and they buy lots of cute little bins and baskets. I've done it too. So I'm not pointing the finger because when you point the finger, you got three pointing back at you. I have done it. And then you get all organized and you realize, oh my gosh, nothing fits right. I've got this bin that's too big and I'm only using a third of it. Or I've got a bin that's too small, so I need to use two bins. So what you want to do is definitely organize. Uh, you want to discard first and then organize what you have left. And I really enjoy the seeing all of my stuff in one pile because then I can really evaluate how much storage space I'm going to need. And usually after you're done the decluttering, you don't need to go buy anything. Unless, of course, you want like a more co cohesive look or something, you can go and buy new bins. But usually you're going to have more bins than you need because you've gotten rid of some stuff. So uh, also... With the packaging, I mentioned getting rid of packaging because you can store things more efficiently. Also, look at what you have for storage. I had this, uh, it was a um, one of those tool caddies that you can get at any of the like Harbor Freight or any of those big box stores. And it, what it's, it's meant to like hang on the wall or sit on a bench that has all these little drawers. And um, 
I never found it to be that useful. It kind of took up space that I needed for something else. But then I realized I could take all those little drawers out and I could put them in my shallow Sterilite drawers and make them drawer dividers. And that worked really well. So I could open up one drawer, look down, see all my embellishments for cards and scrapbook pages and just fish out what I wanted. That was so much more efficient than me having to open up 30 drawers that were in like this little cabinet to find the thing that I wanted. So maybe what you have could be retooled a bit so it's a little bit more useful for the way that you think. For me, I don't like lids on things. I like open bins within drawers. So I can just open one drawer, see all my things, grab what I need. It's still organized, but I like to have things easy to access and easy to put away. I don't, and I also like to have my space easy to clean. So I don't store things on my workspace. I store things in drawers, but without lids on the containers if I can. So I can just open a drawer, grab what I need and start creating. So you definitely want to think about how you're creating when you're organizing. And once you get everything, you've you figured out what is trash and you've thrown that away and you figure out what to donate, what you want to donate and you get it out of your space and you donate it, then you want to, um, you want to organize, right? Because now you've got the good stuff. I always think of it like a pyramid and you've got this pyramid of all your stuff. And on the top of the pyramid, the point of the pyramid is your favorite things. And then the next tier down is kind of like the utilitarian stuff. You use it. It's nothing to write home about. It's not exciting, but you use it. And on the bottom is that stuff you keep just in case. It might be duplicates. It might be stuff that people gave you and you thought, well, it's got potential. I can use something. I can do something with it, right? So when you're, when you're doing your yearly spring cleaning, you're kind of wiping out that bottom tier of stuff. And everything else that's left is going to kind of reassign itself within your your pyramid of stuff. And then some of the stuff from the middle tier is going to drop down to that bottom tier. Some of your things from the top tier are going to drop down to the middle tier. Um, but you have a lot less things to contend with. And then next year when you spring clean, you'll be able to see what you're still using, what you haven't touched since your previous clean out, and you'll be able to make easier decisions. So if you've never attempted a massive clean out before, it's going to be harder that first time, but it's going to be so much easier to maintain and easier to just kind of um, Oh, tighten up every year. It's definitely a good progress. What they say that when you do the KonMari method, you do it once. And that's true for the most part, but you do need to maintain it. And just having a yearly reminder, I think, is a great way to do that. Now, I hope this helped you. I don't want you to get rid of anything that you really feel that you want to keep. I don't want to pressure anybody to do that because it's comforting to have extra supplies. I like to have some extra supplies and I'm entering the season of life where my kids are going to be moving out. And I taught full time art classes before I had children and until my twins came along. And then I closed that business and um, I hold on to my my teaching stuff for quite a while. I didn't know if I should let it go. I felt very confused about that. But then I realized that it took all of my patience to raise my children and I really didn't have the energy to teach outside of the home. So I let go of a lot of my teaching supplies. I gave it to a friend that had a preschool and she used it gratefully and it blessed her her group of kids who could create art freely because they didn't have to worry about the financial cost of those supplies. They were they were free to them. And then now as, and this was when I conmarried four years ago, and now as I'm entering the stage of life where I'm thinking of teaching again, 
I'm kind of thinking in the opposite direction. I'm looking at any of my supplies that are decent quality and I'm keeping them so that I can use them in my classes. Now, I don't anticipate I'll be teaching children, though. I think I will probably be teaching adults. So I'm keeping supplies and extras that will be appropriate for adult classes, but only supplies that won't go bad between now and the next couple of years when I'll be teaching adults again. I also teach at conventions. So when I go to like a stamp convention, I have to make sure that I bring all the supplies I'm going to need for those projects. So I typically will teach stamping, mixed media, and watercolor. So I obviously wouldn't get rid of all my watercolor palettes that I teach with. I'm not going to get rid of extra decent quality color pencils, watercolor crayons, pastels, those sort of things, because I'll need to use those in my classes and it makes sense to keep them. And it also makes sense for when I'm going to be teaching in a larger capacity after my children all move out. So you want to think of what season of life are you in now and what season of life will you be transitioning into next? So I don't want you to get rid of all your extra things and then like a year from now realize, oh, I want to teach classes and I don't have any extra supplies to use. Um, you definitely want to have a little balance there. I'm definitely not a minimalist when it comes to my craft supplies. I definitely... Um, I definitely have some comfort clutter there. I, I really like collecting certain things such as watercolor palettes, especially novelty watercolor palettes. Um, and granted, I really can't use them all, but I enjoy having that collection and I do use each one from time to time. So, um, there's no rules. You make the rules. It's your choice. You're the boss of you. So you can do what you want. As long as having your things in the space that they're taking up isn't giving you stress and isn't bothering you or um, other people you need to share that space with, there's nothing wrong with keeping those things. Um, there's no wrong way or right way. It's your way and what works for you. I hope this podcast helped you today. Um, I'm experimenting with adding podcasts to my blog, The Frugal Crafter, and I'd love to know what you think in the comments below. So please let me know if uh, you have any um, suggestions or what you think of this new uh, occasional podcast. Thank you so much for watching. I appreciate you for listening. Until next time, happy crafting. Bye.